0: Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez.
1: Hello, and welcome to this episode of the How of Car Washing. Uh, thanks for joining me today. I got a lot of special guests today. This is the first time I've done a podcast with three guests. I'm, I'm excited, and uh, we'll see how it turns out. But uh, I've got uh, Ken Luttrell, who's the board president of the ICA, International Car Wash Association. I've got Eric Wolf, who's the CEO of the International Car Wash Association, and Matt DeWolf, my co-host, who's the editor of Car Wash Magazine. Thanks,
2: guys, for joining me today. I appreciate it. Yeah, you bet. This is exciting. You know, David, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't yeah. thinking that our first episode together would be um, about such a serious topic, but here we are, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, but here we are. Here we are. And it's amazing what a week can do. I was thinking about where I was 2 weeks ago and how things were different. But today we want to talk about uh the ICA show and the International Car Wash Association and kind of the process that the, everybody's gone through here. Uh as so Ken, do you want to you want to let everybody know what happened in case they've been hiding under a rock for 2 weeks? <laughs>
3: uh it, it's amazing uh what has transpired just in the in the 2 weeks uh Uh, since the uh, ICA board met and uh, now it really looks like old news uh, when you look back on it and uh, it looks like a a no-brainer making the decision that we did uh, to cancel the show but at the time uh, certainly there weren't as many cancellations and uh, all the sporting events canceled so uh, at, at the time we felt like we were a little bit out there in having to make this decision Uh, but, uh, you know, I think, I think for, for me, uh, Eric, I'm sure had been thinking about it longer than I had the possibility. And I think uh, maybe the first part of February, it began to, uh, register that, you know, we need, need at least to have the conversation about the viability of having a show. And, uh, and, and of course, Eric, myself, and, uh, had had numerous phone calls and, and text, uh just kind of bouncing things off of each other. And, and then we, you're looking at a timetable, you have all of your exhibitors and vendors and they're trying to make preparations. So we said, uh, you know, you, an easy thing is you wait right up to showtime and make a decision, but we don't want to do that. We want to be out far enough to try to spare uh, unneeded expenses for our exhibitors.
1: Yeah. And I was thinking about this from even two weeks ago where I thought the possibility two weeks ago would be very, very low. I said, we're not going to cancel the show. There's no way it's going to happen. It's going to continue. But in this environment, you know, things are happening in 24-hour chunks. And I think, you know, we, we, we think we're surprised. And, you know, Thursday, I was surprised. And Friday, I was really surprised. And Saturday, I was really surprised. And you know, there, there's a lot of news that comes so quickly. And, uh, and, and so going back early February, that was super early. That was extremely early to even consider it.
2: Well, and you know, the thing that strikes me, David, is that it's not like there were no indicators, right? I mean, we weren't, it's not like we were talking about none of the numbers were down for the car wash show. Nothing was really out of the ordinary. Everything was kind of business as usual. So the Ken or Eric, um, one of you guys can speak to this. How did you, I mean, what, was it like a sixth sense? Like, what was the thing that picked up that made you think, okay, we got to watch this and, and kind of see what's what's going to happen and, and maybe be a little bit more proactive than, than the numbers would maybe suggest?
3: Eric, what were the first shows that you saw that were canceled that maybe led us to believe that was a possibility?
0: Yeah, well, you know, the, the first one that we experienced really was Car wash Show China. I mean, this would have been the second edition of our partnership with what was a long-standing automotive related show in Beijing. And there's a small car wash component to that, and we have a just a friendship with the Chinese Car wash Association. So uh, that that event was supposed to be in February. So a couple of us, along with a delegation of a few operators and suppliers, were planning to be at that event. And so we were in tune with this early on. I remember over the holidays, even talking to folks about, I don't know if this is going to, this trip is going to be the thing we should do and hoping that the event went. And when that canceled, I mean, that's a 160,000 person event and they canceled it about two or three weeks out. Um, When that canceled, and there were other examples, but certainly our antennas went way up. And then, you know, a, a lot of our staff, Um, functionally pay a lot of attention to events management, of course. It's a big part of what the association does. So you could sense sort of an increasing level of concern amongst the events industry. And you saw things in the market happening with, um, you know, there wasn't a panic in the January, February period of time, but there was a lot of, uh, as I've said, wearing out of people's knees, just hoping and praying that things would hold on. So that started pretty early for those who were looking at some of the early signs. But uh, you know, the the car wash show China was the first one to be canceled this year, well before ours.
1: Yeah, it just it just uh, so it it actually showed up on your radar back in January when you when the Chinese show was being canceled, Eric.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, what I would say is, um, I mean, we're we're. we're our job, as I see it in some respect, is to be paranoid about this. I mean, the, the association from just, let's just think about the business side of this for a second and set aside the, the why we exist and talk about how we exist. I mean, 90% of the association's revenues are attributable to that three-day show. And so um, that's why when I hear, you know, some people talk about a rainy Saturday, I'm thinking, well, what if you only had three days a year? You really hope for sunshine at the car wash. Um, so, you know, we are um, healthily paranoid all the time about making sure that we're doing what we can to plan appropriately, risk mitigate as best we can, look for alternatives, uh, innovate wherever possible, because we've got a lot riding on those three days. So, yeah, David, I would say uh, w- we always have a level of paranoia. I think the conversation on the staff side began, yeah, over the holidays. I mean, that when we saw sort of a partner show go down, so to speak, uh, of course you begin thinking ahead. And I'll tell you from where I sit right now, we're talking a lot with uh, the Australian Car Wash Association about our, our collaborative event down there later this year, Car Wash Show Australia, with the hopes that, you know, the, the impact there is going to be mitigated and, and that can still go off.
1: Yeah. So, so Ken, when, when did it start coming on the board? When, when, when did the board start? becoming aware of this. I know you and Eric have probably talked pretty early, but when, when did you start having discussions with the board?
3: Well, it was the uh, executive board initially. And, uh, the, the way it works, a decision like this, uh, has to be made by the full board. So, um, the, the steps obviously with, with Eric and, and, and Bob Dubinsky, our treasurer this year and myself, the three of us talking. And then, uh, it It became real urgent, I think, the very first week of March that we 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 have to get these people together, the executive board together first, and then followed by the full board. and he, and actually we 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 felt that maybe a decision would not be made uh, during our conference call, but we needed to have that. So it was the end of that first week of March that. Uh, of the email went out to the executive board for us to meet on uh, the ninth, and then for the full board to uh, <clears throat> have our call on the tenth, the, the next day. So that that was the. Uh, uh, we there were emails that were going back and forth. There were, uh, in, in, you know, we tell our board anytime you have a question for Eric, you know, email Eric directly. You don't have to wait for a board meeting to do so. So Eric was getting feedback from various members. uh but it, w- it was on that ninth when the executive board met that we uh, really really addressed it specifically.
2: Yeah, Ken. You know that's not a uh, what you all had to do and what you had to wrestle with. That's not a not an easy decision. Um, tell me a little bit about what, like, how did you guys get there? Like, as a board, as you're talking about it, how did you get to this um, this decision, and how did you figure out, you know, and, and th- throw kind of all your weight into the right thing to do is to shutter, um, the show this year, you know, to cancel our original dates.
3: Yes. You know, I think when, um, when you're challenged with a decision like this, what you don't want to do is just make a, a gut feeling, uh, decision. Um, we, we didn't want to, uh, get into a debate on the phone over the merits of the virus, how b- bad is the virus? Is it as contagious as they say it is? Can we take pr- proper precautions? Th- those are issues that we're really not qualified to make a decision about. And the news media is gonna be the news media, whatever they put out, uh, it, and you can label it as uh, as fear or as facts, but the bottom line, it is what it is. And so when we got together, we said, okay, these are the facts that we know. Uh, we We want to make sure that we're looking out for our exhibitors as well as our as our membership. And uh, I, I think the, the you know the the, uh, the wisdom of of us all getting together and and talking about it. E- each executive board member had, I think, heard from very various uh, members of the constituency and and so they began sensing some feelings out there. and and so it 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 just kind of evolved uh, to the point where within the executive board when we finished on monday uh we we said you know that this is a decision we have to have to make and i think i think eric and i probably felt that was the way it was going to go on the friday before uh, but we wanted to talk with the executive board to see if anybody had any you know strong opinions otherwise but when we, when we talked Monday, it, it was obvious, this is the direction we're going to go. And then the next day, we were having the, the full board and uh, went through basically the same discussion and in the, in the same process with them. Uh, and then by the end of that, we said, you know, we need to go ahead and make a decision on this. We really felt that a decision had to be made by that Friday, which was the 13th, and Friday the 13th of all days. <laughs> go figure, right? Right, but uh, ju- just uh, the fact that, as I said, that uh, suppliers, vendors, exhibitors, had, you know, loading—they were loading trucks as we spoke uh, to to head to San Antonio. So we really need to make a decision for them, and uh, so uh, it was uh, the the full board said, "Well, do we need to actually vote on this, or how how do we do this?" I said, "No, we're we need to vote. Each person votes. So we actually went around and had each individual person give their vote rather than a yay or nay. And uh, it it was a very somber time uh, where each person who, you know, agreed that this was regretfully so the best decision to make, decision had to be made. And as we said uh, here a moment ago, you know, now a week out, you look back and you say, "Well, that wasn't too tough a decision." But at the time, it, it, there were not that many cancellations, and it, and it was uh, a major decision. I felt.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, you guys, and and it is amazing because, and in, in, I'm looking at all of this in 24-hour slices, and you know what? What shocked me a week ago doesn't shock me right now, and that's you know, and you don't know how much. I mean, they they closed all the ski resorts. In Colorado on Saturday, they said tomorrow we're closing all the ski resorts. And you know, to think about that, I mean, that's never happened ever. And when you think about those type of decisions that are being made, you know, canceling the car wash show it pales in comparison to some some of the decisions that are being made now. But at the time when you were thinking about it, you guys were still very very much ahead of the curve.
0: Um, you know, it, there there are so many there were so many inputs to this I'm just you know with some of what Ken said I think was really important I mean in so many different perspectives that we had gotten because it was a unique decision conversation knowing that this is not just about ICA business as I I gave that quick little analysis what does it mean for ICA okay that's a piece of it what does it mean for all of our suppliers and exhibitors so for many of them this represents their single largest marketing expense for the year And oftentimes with that, their best opportunity for sales and lead generation. So what happens to those, right? So there's a responsibility there. Number three for our attendees, and this is by the way in probably reverse order, but no particular order, um, is what about those folks who look forward to this as their their opportunity to refresh and think and connect and get ideas and have rewards perhaps for their employees? That was a, a factor of course. Um, th- then we couldn't ignore thinking about the health of everyone while they're there and the health of the staff who makes the exhibition go, um, what that would look like. We had an, a director on the call that Ken was referencing that made a great point about, well, you know, listen, we, we can't ignore the fact what if someone were to get ill and bring it back to their company and that company were to be offline for a few weeks because of it, whether it be quarantine or actual sickness um and then ken mentioned you know all of the expense that was being accrued incurred excuse me in advance of the show you know the exhibitors in particular um were getting ready to go to invest even more as you had to sort of operationalize and make commitments and incur liabilities to make make it happen and we just felt like you know the timing was so important knowing that too even if we would have said to have the show there's no guarantee it wouldn't have been shut down an hour into it. Now, we, don't, we didn't hold all of the levers of control. So, um, you know, it's just, it, it, it's, it's the most complex, I think, decision I've ever been a part of because of those myriad considerations. And like you said, on this side of it, it looks easy that what the decision should be. But I could tell you that from my perspective, it looks even um, it looks even sadder to me, or it is even more sad to me because I think about now the, the economic um, impact of all of this going through our industry. So the car wash industry, of course, number two, all those people who were gonna be you know, cleaning the exhibition center at night and serving food, what happened to their opportunity to be paid during this period of time? Um, and then third in the events industry, you know, all the planes that were gonna take us there and all the hotels that were gonna welcome us, I mean, that, that industry is being decimated right now as well. So, you know, our hearts, we want our hearts go out to everybody in the car wash industry. And in that broader group, we want people to be safe and we want them to be healthy. And, you know, I think we're, we're on the beginning of this now um, rather than just thinking about this as we made a decision and it's over, we're kind of starting something new.
1: Right. Right. No, I agree with that. Yeah. And kudos to Eric and Ken and the whole board for, you know, being able to work through that process effectively, um, you know, making a huge decision like that. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm glad the structure is the way it is. And, you know, you guys were able to come to a conclusion that was turned out to be the right, right choice. Question here. So when you finally decided on Tuesday, you were canceling the show, everybody had to get busy. What were some of the mechanics of the communication that you had to do? You had how many vendors that you had to communicate with Eric. How did how did all that happen?
0: Yeah, I mean, we had um, you know nearly 400 exhibiting companies. This would have been our biggest exhibition ever. We had over 172,000, I think, net square feet of exhibit space. Um, so those 400 companies we had to get a hold of. We had to get a hold of uh, about 3,600. In fact, if I remember correctly, the number is going to be 3,632. That was registrations as of the time of the decision being made. So, we had to process refunds on those folks and let them know. Um, and then, you know, actually, the first phone call we made was to the, let's call them the subcontractors around the show. So, the people who were doing the stand, uh, the booth construction, the stand construction, custom furniture, all of the labor that was going to be ready there on site in um, San Antonio. So, you know, we had to prepare them because once the word went out from us to the customers, they were going to be getting phone calls from them. So, we had to make sure that we had you know, all of the, essentially the customer service um, components of all of these different vendors, um, all aligned and ready to serve the customer. So uh, once we made the decision, we began, and then we contacted the subcontractors. We were able to make contact with, I would say, 75 at least of our exhibitor leaders within the first four or five hours. I think by Supper time that night a few of us had been on the phone calling everybody you know from the top of all of these uh, larger exhibitors first moving kind of by booth size because they were the ones that had the the most investment the most planning going in we had a statement go out toward the end of the day and I think we are just about wrapping up probably by the end of the day today phone calls to all 400 of those exhibitors to let them know Uh, we were able to Within less than 24 hours, like 18 hours of the decision, push through room cancellations. So everybody who was in our block was able to get a refund or a cancellation of their uh, room reservation. And uh, with um, attendance and registrations, we were able to cancel. Pardon me, cancel. Excuse me, and refund those registration fees within you know initiate that within 24 hours as well. So, um, and then the final group we we were talking to throughout this too is you know we have show partners this isn't just ICA show it's we've got relationships with the automotive oil change association and the western car wash association and this year for the first time it would have been the midwest car wash association too so we wanted to make sure that their members and their staff and their boards understood what was going on and understood the why and and how we were handling people
2: yeah eric will you go into a little bit more around that i mean obviously um, part of what we were doing was um, creating these Creating these association partnerships for to to kind of work with this show, um, there are financial implications. Obviously, for those folks, um, obviously you've alluded to the financial implications for ICA. How do you unwind from that? What like what do we do to mitigate some of that? What really are the implications of the show being canceled?
0: Yeah, well, again, and it's not just ICA, right? I mean, I know, I know you know that. So there's financial implications for everyone involved in this, and um, from the the subcontractors I've called them or the partners that we use for show production, and the hotels and the venues, and then the exhibitors and the attendees. You know, there could be some out of pocket um, for them as well, possibly. Um, and then of course the ICA. So you know, we we have tried to over the years mitigate risk as best we can with cancellation insurance with good contracts with all of our partners. And then third, we self-insure uh, ourselves as well. So those are kind of the three layers of prevention that we're able to, to utilize. You know, We've been fortunate over the years to have successful shows and to be able to set aside a portion of our reserves for just this kind of an occurrence. Um, I'll admit to you, most of our modeling was for losing a show not having a pandemic that could have a multi-week or month impact on events, but at least we were able to, you know, set aside a portion of the reserves for things like this. And then, you know, because most of our relationships uh, with all the other folks who make these events go, uh, and and of course, not to mention our customers, attendees, and exhibitors, these are long-term relationships. So this, we don't, we're not approaching this like a, how do we cut our loss and cut into somebody and be unfair? In fact, it's the opposite. I mean, we have a fiduciary responsibility to make sure that you know, the association is not um, being cheated or, being, or paying too much than is, than, is, uh, than is correct. But just like I'm sure anybody listening to this would do in their own business, you're also cognizant of um, we want to be successful with the next show and the next many shows and let's talk about what's fair. Let's talk about what work was done. Let's talk about what work can get moved to next year. Let's talk about, um, you know, other options we might have to utilize your services, etc. And then we'll come to an understanding. And, and, and you know, I I, I hope we're going to be able to, uh, to use that sort of philosophy successfully. And I'm sure with our longest term partners, we will.
2: Yeah, you know, <laughs> you can't really plan for what's going on today, right? I mean, that's not something anybody can foresee, but I think that um, one of the things that strikes me about kind of how we've weathered through the closing of the show and what's kind of going on now is that, you know, we, as you were saying, the association itself is set up to kind of maintain some of those long-term relationships and think of it as more of a long-term path to, um, you know, the betterment of the car wash industry. So, it's it's important that we kind of stay that line but that brings me to kind of what do we do next right i mean so we we missed we're missing a huge opportunity for car wash community and that car wash uh car wash commerce that you were talking about early on for the supplier and the operator community what do we do next i mean how do we kind of keep that community piece together
0: yeah well um I'll say a couple of things if you don't mind, then I'll I'll invite Ken to share perspectives too from the board. I mean, one is, um, you know, we're as we in the next couple of weeks here, we're going to sort of finish closing the 2020 show. We should unfortunately close it before it opens successfully, all the work around that. Simultaneous to it is, it's now even more incumbent upon us than ever to make sure the next show is successful. So, you know, as we begin to maybe move some of what we had hoped to have in 20 to 21. We need to really begin that planning. We we are in twenty one planning now, which is about six weeks earlier than we thought. But that's got to happen right away. Um, also, concurrently, you know, I I know we're mostly talking about sort of the trade show and the ICA, but like we've alluded to, this is a much bigger issue now. I mean, every twenty four hours, it's a much bigger issue and. And so as an example, um, by the time this podcast is released, you will see ICA has banded together with some other associations, including WCA, and we'll have a communication going out to the U.S. Congress about um, including businesses like car washes in any kind of disaster relief bills that may be adopted going forward. I mean, our businesses are unique. We're unlike an accounting firm where everyone can work from home. Um, I mean, the ICA staff is all working from home now. Our office is closed, but car washes, you do not you can't do that. I mean, it depends upon a level of people coming in and a level of contact, I should say. So we want the Congress to understand that, and we have banded together with like automotive groups, um, and that communication is going to be going out shortly to operators and suppliers because we'll need their voice to go to their congressmen and senators to share that news with them. So that's become all of a sudden important. And then, um, you know, we're thinking of over the next six-month period, sort of this intermediate, what can we do to provide a place for people to connect and provide a place for people to learn, and um, especially in the absence of the show. And one part of that is we are super encouraged by seeing what a lot of other suppliers, a lot of the suppliers are doing, and the Talk Car Wash group is doing to try to set up whether it's virtual or conference calls or whatever. And we just think that's great. And so we're creating a space on our website where we're just going to catalog all of those. So if people are looking to participate in the XYZ company online event, um, you know we'll have a schedule people can tap into there. And then we're also, I, I'm not prepared to release it just yet, but, but Matt, you'll be a part of this. I know next is, I think we've got some really cool ideas for what ICA can do to leverage a lot of stuff. Um, that we have platform-wise between, you know, online and podcast, etc., cetera, to, you know, provide a regular weekly ongoing connection amongst the car wash community and bring people together and profile what's happening and just stay connected. I mean, if, um, you know, some of us are, are going to feel a little more remote, there's going to be less contact with employees, less contact perhaps with friends, less contact with customers. And so at the end of the day, associations exist to benefit their members keep people connected and uh, we're, you know we're going to make sure that that's front of mind over this next period however long it lasts with the the virus crisis
1: yeah a lot, lot lot of good things coming up here that um be excited to see when ICA starts making those communications to to the members but Ken, I I'm, I'm probably you're probably glad that you had unlimited minutes on your cell phone last month because I'm sure you were in the last week or two you were burning it up but what um what what was kind of the consensus talking to exhibitors and vendors and talking to uh, attendees what what after you made the decision what uh what was kind of the, the consensus
3: yes i think uh an, initially uh what we were hearing was uh you know we we need a decision as soon as possible so to move one way or the other um and, and in it, it let me just hesitate here for a moment just say how how blessed we are to have uh, the staff that we have and Eric's leadership. Uh, With with a show like this and with uncertainties arising, you know, you couldn't put the show on hold and wait to see what we were going to do. They had to be planning full steam ahead to have this show right up to the moment that it was voted to cancel it. And then immediately had to do a 180 and uh, unwind all that they had done. So, that's not only an awesome task to undertake, but I think emotionally, uh, that that's tough to do because they 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 really give their entire selves uh, to putting this show together, and it's evident every time that we we have that. So uh, really appreciate them. Uh, but uh, to, back to your question of of those that were reaching out, uh, really, I, I, it, it was uh, appreciation. Uh, for all that went into making the decision, and uh, felt that it was uh, uh, the wise choice to make so uh, the, the, it seems like forever ago it was what last tuesday on the on the tenth that we actually made the decision um, and and gosh, so much has happened since then that has uh, unfortunately reinforced uh, that that it was the correct decision. So you know, I really didn't get any phone calls from people upset. Uh, Obviously, there's the disappointment you have because you were anticipated going, but uh, everybody realized that that's where we were, and that that was what needed to be decided.
1: Yeah, and we're we're really fortunate to have the partnership we do with our vendor community. We want to say thank you to them because I know it was kind of a um, I think the term that I used one time is you're on a jet ski and somebody you know, and you're on the back and somebody makes a hard left and you flip off the back. of it. <laughs> but, um, you know, we're, we're all kind of suffering from that. But, you know, I think from what I'm hearing and what you're saying, Ken, just the support from the vendor community was really encouraging. And it's, it's really great that we've got that partnership with them.
3: Exactly. And, and you know, Eric and his staff, they, they understand uh, this uh, importance of this sense of community Um Throughout the industry, and uh, as he said, doing everything they can to maintain that, to build on it, uh, to use that, uh, to, to make some s- specific plans in the near future, uh, as well as thinking forward.
0: Yeah, if you don't mind, Ken, thanks for those kind words, and I'll mention many folks listening probably know, um, you know, Claire, sorry, Carrie North and Kim Vinciguerra. I mean, have been just fantastic on this and have dealt with a lot of that outreach so I wanted to specifically thank them and and just to put a a fine point to give you one example I mean uh, the the word I've used a bunch David on exhibitor feedback on the decision and since has just been incredible graciousness I mean just such graciousness and um, I mean I had one major exhibitor even inquire about you know the, the first in fact the first remark out of their mouth after I told them the decision and this is Tuesday afternoon the day of and it was how are you guys going to be? How is the association going to do? Are you guys okay? I mean, it. I, I did not expect that, and that kind of a sentiment was present in lots of the phone calls, and so um, it 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 was a real humbling moment, and um, it's it's you know maybe I've never been more proud of being in this industry than after having had those conversations with so many right away.
1: Yeah. And I think that's what we love about the car wash industry is when things are tough, people do come together. And it's kind of a special group of people. And it's great to see that manifest itself in this situation.
3: You know, before this uh, all came about, uh, I was talking to the head of an association. Uh, He he has a lot of different other associations. And he said, "I, I tell my clients, you need to be more like the car wash association. He says, they really share with each other. They build upon each other, support each other. He said, yeah, you all could uh, learn a lesson by uh, the way they operate and the way they function. And I thought, well, that, that was a real compliment that we received.
2: It's not It's not every day that, uh, that people share that kind of information, right? And I think if you're in this industry, you don't realize how rare it is um, to be so kind of forthcoming with, you know, ideas and kind of education opportunities and things that other people could take back to their business. It is re- it is really special, um, which I think is what, why now we we kind of have to pivot to what in the world, how do we do that going forward in, in kind of a different landscape, right? I mean, maybe maybe there's opportunity for uh, in-person events down the road, but maybe not. I mean, maybe we're talking about something completely different now. So um, I think Eric was talking a little bit about the, some of the new stuff that we're going to be trying um, as an association. Uh, there's going to be a lot of that stuff. There's a lot of stuff coming down the pipe with the folks on Doc Car Wash, and you're seeing a lot of activity in that community. Um, I'm really excited to kind of see how this turns into a little bit of an opportunity for everybody. You know, I mean, it's it, great things come out of, uh, you know, kind of dark times sometimes. And, uh, well, here we are. So I, I think we've got an opportunity in front of us. Uh, Ken, is there anything... From a, if you put on your operator hat for a second, I mean, obviously this, this is not great for business. And I've been, I've been kind of watching the community forums and stuff. And there's a lot of folks starting to talk about the the, the closures of the business. Um, people, a lot of people are moving to, you know, express exterior only washes at their sites, um, you know, what started out as some jokes about hand sanitizer and toilet paper is very quickly having real impacts. So is there anything that you as an operator are doing or are watching or looking for?
3: Uh, th- that's a good question. And 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 perhaps it's a little early, early for us to fully uh, understand uh, how to respond to this impact. Uh, you know, I, I was looking at the calendar and, and goodness, it was last Tuesday the decision was made. And um, th- Thursday, I think Thursday, we had a good day at at all of our washes. It was a strong day. Friday was overcast. They were forecasting rain, so we were off a little. And then, and then by Saturday, it was like goodness, uh, we're really feeling the effect of this. And uh with with volumes down, so you know, I I don't think uh, regardless of which model you operate under as a car wash, I th- I think you're going to be affected. Uh, we've always known that uh, to a large extent we're an impulse business and when you take the road the cars off the road and traffic's way down as we've all sensed in these last day or two that um, it's going it's going to carve into our numbers so i don't think that uh, regards the model as i said you're not immune uh, to what's taking place um for us, you know, we're, we're, we're still open as of this morning. Uh, we're, we're letting, uh, we have a couple of, um, uh, elderly people that work indoors with us and, and we've, uh, told them that they don't have to come in. We don't want any employees to feel like they have to be there, uh, if they feel in any way compromised. And, uh, we're trying to, to be as sanitary uh, as we possibly can. Uh, we have a, a lobby and a good number of our car washes and a customer comes in and sits down. Uh, when they get up to leave, we go over and wipe down the chair and other customers see us doing that. So uh, we're just trying to communicate that that we're trying to do everything that we possibly can to make it a you know sanitary uh, environment and 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 still trying to provide a good experience. You know, it's interesting that uh, uh, years ago a study was done uh, asking people why do they get their car washed. And beyond the obvious, ex, you know, response that my car's dirty, uh, there were a lot of emotional responses. Uh, things like uh, it makes me feel better about myself to drive a clean car. Uh, it puts me in a better mood when I have a clean car. And and these are things you don't find in other service businesses. People don't respond that way when they pick up their dry cleaning. They don't respond that way when they get their oil changed, but there's something unique about getting your vehicle cleaned and and getting to enjoy a a clean car. And so I, I think we could kind of build on that. I think if we understand that and we try to address that side of the issue and, 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 don't focus quite so much on just scrubbing the car, but instead the experience that we provide for the customer. And uh, so maybe we take a hit here for a while, but I think we, if we stay true to our values, uh, it'll come back to us.
1: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Ken. I think that's, uh, that's right. Eric, do you have something you were going to say?
3: No, I think,
0: well, I would say that I think uh, the point that it's still early and everyone is trying to figure out what to do is, uh, is the truth as best I can see it. I mean, the folks in Seattle, I've talked to some operators out that way and, you know, they certainly have felt a slowdown because it's been more severe there. Also, in fact, just even today, I've got a little group, like a chat group of different association leaders that I keep in contact with all of our partners, Australia, the UK, Germany, the Netherlands. And so this is one of the questions is, let's make sure we're sharing examples of, because Europe in particular, is a couple weeks ahead of us, I think, as best we can tell with this virus. Well, what's happening in those markets that we can learn from? So you know Matt, you already mentioned the idea of going to just exterior only washing. Absolutely, we're seeing that um, be the case in Europe. Um, and And so, as we get more of those examples, I think it's incumbent upon us to share those.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I think we're still seeing we're still kind of in the middle of this. So as as it kind of evolves, we'll have to we'll have to make some changes. I think, Ken, it's probably just as an ex-operator and you as a current operator, you know, it's, you just be smart about what you're doing. And, you know, the one thing we've got to do, I think, as business owners is just stay close to our employees and make sure they're OK. I mean, there's a low level of stress that everybody's feeling right now. As an employee, and our customers are feeling stress as well because things are, things are different, and a lot of people have difficulty handling change. Um, So you know, just just make sure you're doing the right thing for your customer and the right thing for your employees.
2: Yeah, you know what Ken said about the that feeling of getting your car washed right. I think that is at the crux of the whole thing because when you you think about what it feels like right now to walk into a grocery store. Or um, you know, you go to you go into Target, any of these places where the where the shelves are empty, that's not a terribly <laughs> terribly welcoming or comforting experience. And with a with a car wash experience, if if we can do one small thing, right, to to give somebody some some um a smile in an otherwise kind of tough day, I think that's kind of what we always do, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I would agree.
1: So yeah, just just make sure as, as, a, as an owner, you're being a leader right now, because people need leadership, people need direction, people need to know that things are going to be okay. So just, you know, take that opportunity to, you know, check in with your employees early and often, check in with your customers and understand things might be a little tense, customers might be acting a little bit more irrationally than they typically do. And so just make sure you've got enough, you know, enough bandwidth, enough grace for everybody to go around. So true. Yeah. Well, guys, I think that covers it. I appreciate your time. This was a great podcast. Thank you so much for Eric and Ken for coming on and kind of sharing your perspective of what took place and what's coming up. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing what ICA is doing in the next coming weeks and months. And Matt, as a co-host, which I think this will be the beginning of many, and we'll talk about that here a little later on. But Matt, thanks for your help as well.
2: Yeah, always, David.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So Thanks for listening to this episode of The How of Car Washing. And of course, you can get this episode at thehowofcarwashing.com or you can get it wherever you get your podcast. And for Matt DeWolf and David Begin, thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you next time on The How of Car Washing. Thank you for listening to The
0: How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.